0: bom bom Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that's looking for love in all the wrong places. And the wrongest place of all is a small town that doesn't exist from a TV show that was cancelled 60 years ago. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host, Dan Ludwig. And today we have a special guest who I am super hyped for. Uh, relationship expert, podcaster, blogger, author of New Game Plus: The Geek's Guide to Love, Sex, and Dating, Harris, Dr. Nerd Love, O'Malley. Aris, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce our listeners to your whole deal and what they can find where they can find your things and sort of your area of
1: expertise? Sure. So I am a advice columnist, a dating coach, and blogger. And my whole thing is I help people learn how to date better, learn how to meet meet people, learn how to interact with them, basically develop the skills that they need in order to find love, sex, relationships, what it is that they are looking for and they may be struggling with.
0: Yeah, very succinct, good job. And so the reason we brought you on for this episode is, well, this episode does what you do badly. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a horrible precursor to your work.
0: But before we get into that, I wanna talk about the fact that for Dan and I, half our city is underwater. right now we were hit we live in philadelphia we were hit by uh hurricane ida coming through last night and it caused uh the schuylkill river to overflow to heights that it had not seen since 1867 also uh, caused all of us to question suddenly why we live in a city that is built in between two rivers
2: (laughs) it 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 was so bad that like we were having a conversation of if we, sh- we should record today. And Harris, I was like, we don't know where he lives. He could not have a house right now.
1: No, I, fortunately, I, like Austin, we regularly freak out whenever there's a hurricane in the Gulf. But we are so far inland that it would if if a hurricane was ever big enough to actually really affect us, other than to water the yards then things have gone so apocalyptically (laughs) wrong that there would be no point in asking questions. Like, why are we running to the grocery stores? There's nothing happening. And if it's bad enough that it's going to hit us, we're all going to die.
0: So I want to talk about an extremely Philly experience I had earlier today, though. I woke up, I lived mostly on a hill, so my area was fine and dry. But I walked down to the canal that is now Six Seventy Six. Highway, Interstate 676 in the middle. At this point, we might as well just lean into it and just be like, we're a canal city now. It's Amsterdam, Venice, Philadelphia. We'll have Philly Jesus take you on a gondola ride for 10 bucks a pop.
2: We're basically okay. Chicago. This was the only thing separating <laughs> us. But
0: I went to... This is getting into like some Philly geography that is not relevant to most of our, our audience. But I went to the Schuylkill River, which had flooded into the banks was now in the middle of a park at this point and i saw a man in a Phillies cap and a pizza planet shirt fishing just fishing in the middle of the lake that used to be fairmount park and i spoke to him for a second and he explained i've been fishing here every single day i fish here every day every morning what's another 30 feet of water gonna do
2: I mean, you will catch fish that are now absolutely coated in human feces. So that's really the primary change.
0: I also, being Marty Schneider friend to all birds, I noticed a great blue heron in a place where a great blue heron generally isn't. Uh, I pointed out to this gentleman that he is not the only one fishing. And I thought he was going to say, oh, look at that, that big bird. And he's, his response was, oh, yeah, that's my pal. We call him Johnny Blaze. He lives <laughs> in the <laughs> <out> Yes! <laughs> so now i know that there's a man who fishes in this river is friends with a giant heron who he named
1: after ghost rider i was about to say i just love the fact that he named him after ghost rider and i don't I, in my heart he named him after the movie not the not the comic oh 100
2: well, he, he looks is because he's seen that dra- that heron drag several people to hell. Being an avid bird watcher, if there's any
0: bird that's going to have the pennant stare, it's going to be a heron. <laughs> like and they will just spear you through. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And yes, it absolutely was like he looked at that bird and was just like, I get big Nicholas Cage vibes <laughs> off of that bird. That bird has drank coffee straight from the pot.
2: That bird's a demonic bounty hunter if I've ever seen one. <laughs> So, yeah,
0: dude's rock yeah. <laughs> is pretty much the, <laughs> the moral of that story.
2: Even in the face of the apocalypse.
0: So, I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I saw it this morning and I wanted to get it out of the way. And I have a microphone in front of me. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's do Let's do an episode of the Andy Griffith Show. How do you feel about that? Harris, had you ever seen what, what was your knowledge of the Andy Griffith Show before this?
1: like a lot of gen xers when i was growing up especially on either after school or su- saturdays and sundays after the cartoons were over that was there was almost never anything on except for sports and reruns of shows from the 50s and 60s so i grew up with a shocking amount of cultural literacy of like boomer television that that like I feel like millennials just do not understand what it was like for those of us growing up in the dark times. <laughs> and so I've caught episodes here and there enough to, you know, to have a general grasp of who everybody is, you know, Andy Griffith, you know, his son, Aunt B, Barney Fife. But it, other than that, if you were to point me at specific episodes, I would not have been able to tell you that I'd ever seen them. You could literally improv one and i would just be sitting there going like yeah no that checks out yeah <laughs> okay good
0: good so that's solid that's, that's more background than a lot of the guests we have on here uh, let me ask you this since you watched like reruns of boomer television growing up did you have any idea when that show was from did you know that this was the from the 60s did that have any relevance to your understanding or was it just like it's all old. It's all before me.
1: Before it was, beforehand. yeah. It was. It was black and white, which is how I knew it was old, and how I knew it was like you know, mommy and daddy TV shows, not anything <laughs> that I was really interested in. So that's that is as far as it went. It's just like it was. It was before that we invented color. Therefore, it is old.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when was the monsters filmed? The 1870s? I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. All right. Cool.
0: So we've got a little bit of you've got you know, cultural osmosis knowledge of of what this is. And so, I mean, this this episode featured a character who Dan and I hate, who is a recurring character. This is the third time we've seen him. Ernest T. Bass, or as we refer to him, the sexual assault goblin <laughs> of, of the Mayberry Mountain.
2: <laughs> a, a nightmarish little demon of a restraining order. This episode, I'll just go ahead and touch this. <laughs>
0: Just got that. Uh, We'll just go ahead and and go straight into this. Let's do this. We're doing uh, Season 4, Episode 17, My Fair Ernest T. Bass. Originally airs February 3rd, 1964. Written by Everett Greenbaum and Jim Fritzel. Directed by Earl Bellamy. And here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy tries to turn wild hillbilly Ernest T. Bass into a sophisticated gentleman, taking him to a society party. So yeah, it's a My Fair Lady Pygmalion parody, one that they are fully aware of and make reference to multiple times.
2: So going in cold, Harris, what, how did you feel about Ernest T. Bass? Like, how did this character kind of strike you like, like coming into this?
1: this the opening of this show honestly surprised me because that was just straight up a supernatural cold open like it opens with a whole bunch of people screaming and then ernest t bass popping into the scene like just giggling like the joker then turning around and chucking a rock through a window before running off
2: and it yeah. just it has like twilight zone vibes a little bit It's it's very demonic and like
0: we've on the show, they they treat Ernest T like the great Gazoo, or like you said, the joke. He really is Andy Griffith's Joker. I will point out, like he's never Andy has never fully successfully arrested Ernest T. He just kind of arrives in the jail as he wishes.
2: He's so basically goes, what if the Joker kicked Batman's ass up and downtown whenever he felt like it.
0: <laughs> but fortunately, like, and, and he is also. So, like I said, this is the third time we've seen Ernest T. This is actually the most socially acceptable time I think we've seen him. He is, there's no, like, short end or short way about this, like, an incel terrorist. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He is such a
1: proto-incel, it's honestly kind of astounding.
2: It it is shockingly prophetic. Like, (laughs) it sees everything coming and then just goes... It's probably
0: fine. <laughs> the the previ- the last time we saw him, which is referenced in this episode, after being rejected for the military in 1963, <laughs> mind you. Which is hard. After, after being rejected from the military, he goes on a window-smashing rampage and terrorizes the entire town and reveals that he didn't really want to join the military. He just wanted a uniform to impress a girl. So that fact is referenced in this episode. So suck it, everyone who accused us of looking for continuity where there isn't one. <laughs> this show has continuity. The events the events of previous episodes are referenced in current episodes.
2: <laughs> and the previous to that, his first appearance, he attempted to kidnap a woman to make her marry him. So that was kind of how this character greeted the world.
0: So now we've caught you up on, on Ernest T. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Yeah, so the episode does open exactly as Harris describes it, with Ernest T... Smashing a window at a society party, giggling, and then running off into the night, essentially.
2: Uh, <laughs> the- and they're doing like a, a an, not an interrogation, but sort of like taking notes of the incident after. And the woman describes Ernesty e. Bass basically coming in and just daffy ducking around <laughs> the party. Going on just a prolonged rampage of just like ripping things off the walls, trying to pick people up. Uh. Throwing rocks, of course.
1: Really enjoying the tell-don't-show energy of this, by the way. And apparently, like, doing random things like just taking all the paper napkins and just tossing them in the punch bowl, because why not? Yeah. yeah th- that's
0: that's the, the weird thing about this episode, is it tries to pass off, like, what is clearly, like, pure mental illness <laughs> as, like,
1: Ah, that's Ernesty. he's just a little uncivilized. That was literally the first thing that I said after just listening to them talk about everything he did at the party. And I'm just thinking, like, this is a guy who's having some sort of mental health crisis. And, of course, being who I am, because I'm fun at parties, I immediately <laughs> start going into, like, planning out my rant of, like, this is what happens when you don't have any sort of infrastructure for dealing with mental health care, and now the cops are having to do everything and really, this is why we need to defund the police. And I'm just going to call I hate myself, but it all makes sense right now. <laughs> that's
2: our whole welcome deal. to Lead the show. Into that instinct. This is the safe place where you can be that guy. Like, that's that's what this is. Welcome to the party, pal. All right.
0: Made a good move booking this guest. Okay.
2: I My immediate instinct was like, now, in your opinion, can you diagnose him? Which is like, no, don't ask him to do that.
0: And, and let's also be clear. Dr. Nerdlove is not a real doctor. <laughs> nope,
1: nope. That is strictly branding. I've got the best doctorate that 25 bucks could buy. <laughs> and uh, it's in metaphysics.
2: Count. yes, yeah, so he has like some sort of basically prolonged episode because his acts of like, aggression are nonsensical and completely random. And then he runs off into the night. Uh, as they're debriefing, Barney tries to basically do a forensic analysis on a rock for no reason. Just being very cop about it. Of, like, we're going to take that rock and we're going to do completely made-up shit on it that will in no way help anything.
0: It rules because... Barney is acting like a cop he saw on TV. It seems to be his modus operandi for this. It's just pretending to be like he's, like he's on Dragnet or something. Making references to the boys back at the lab that
1: everyone knows he doesn't have. I, I just love the fact that it, for the start of that conversation, he's actually right. It's like, no, leave evidence where it is. We, you know, you're interfering with the possible prosecution we're not going to be able to know who actually handled it. And then it just spirals off the rails as he starts going into his little CSI Mayberry rants. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that's, that's one thing about, like, Barney's police work is in general, he starts off on the right path. And he does this up a couple times this episode and then just kind of speeds out of control. And at first he's saying, like... Like, they they say, they hand him the rock that everyone, or that was thrown through. The obviously paper window. I laughed at that one. Was thrown through the paper window. And they hand it to Barney, and he goes, how many of you have touched this rock? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, there's fingerprints all over the rock, so it's completely useless to him. It's fine, because Andy's going to use his all-powerful Andy powers to just say, it's Ernest T-Bass. It's Which he definitely does say with the authority of Batman saying it was two-faced like, yeah he, he looks at it and goes like oh yeah you robbed you he robbed the second national bank on the second of the month <laughs> and he only took two dollar bills yeah i'm pretty sure i know who this was
2: so they they start a manhunt for him which uh they, i'm sorry
0: dan they start a what
2: a manhunt they start a manhunt <laughs> that's a thing we yell uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so they start they start a manhunt that involves they they basically just like list off of but they're just like basically say like we wandered around town and looked under stuff and didn't find them so i'm kind of out of ideas <laughs> they were just like we looked under two houses what the fuck else can you expect of us
0: more telling and or showing, yeah.
2: Yeah. I just uh, like
1: the fact that it's like they were looking for a skunk.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, we checked under old Mrs. Ha- Habernashi's p- porch and just wasn't there, so I guess it moved on.
2: Yeah. I, I looked in, like, four trees. <laughs> <laughs> the criminal has wandered over to his next habitat. <laughs> it's, it's criminal
0: migratory season. We're never going <laughs> to catch him. He's already... He's already criminalized north for the winter <laughs> so they walk into the the jail they look de- oh I'm sorry we should mention this is when Barney does some armchair psychology
2: oh God he he insists that a- Andy suggests that maybe they could reform the criminal in some way straighten him out and Barney uses a bunch of like psycho like psychological terms that rapidly turn into psycho babble to basically just say, people don't change he he has ingrained patterns trying to change him will cause him trauma people are does, the way pieces of shit are pieces of shit you can't change him.
0: does he use the the phrase id correctly does he we He talked about the id and the ego right does he use them
1: accurately in any way shape or form i think I he actually does because i does, think so cause... too yeah because if there was anything about Ernest T. Bass, he is a being of pure id.
2: He so, has okay. like multiple ids that are interacting with each other. He has id and mega id.
0: Barney T. Dunning-Kruger over here <laughs> basically recites the Wikipedia pages that he's read. The, the way they portray Barney in this is like, he's a guy who is dangerous because he knows just enough. Like he's not an expert in anything. And, and Andy even says, You've been reading on this, haven't you? You've read, like, a book. And he kind of says, I've read most of a book. (laughs) I've got it from the library. Do you want to look at it? So that's pretty in keeping with, uh, with Barney's whole shtick. But he is, like, again, he starts off right. He's like, yeah, this dude is playing on a different mental and emotional level than we are. And that's the issue. And then instead of, like, saying
1: we can address that, he basically does, you know... Well, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah, I, I I love the fact that he he starts this conversation and carries it through with just the sheer self confidence of someone who listens to a lot of Joe Rogan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he has profound Joe Rogan energy, where he especially because he's like, I know these psychology words, and I'm gonna put them together in a way that just says a thing I already believed.
0: Um, Andy. Andy, have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and, and, Andy, I've been trying these gorilla mindset
2: pills. Make me sharp as a tack. Andy, I spent four hours in an isolation chamber. I'm doing paleo. I think it fixed everything. <laughs> I've been
1: feeling a little bit down, so I took some of that horse dewormer. I figure that's going to fix me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i appreciate you doing the long-standing tradition of not even trying to have a barney five impression
2: <laughs> it's a, it's impossible it cannot be done <laughs>
0: turns out it's a lot harder to do than you thought so they they walk into the jail and guess who's there it's ernest t reminding you that he can enter and appear behind locked doors and just phase through material as he wishes <laughs>
2: He's like uh, Rumpel Stilton esque character. He's there. This is where they reference
0: the uh, the giving him the uniform to get a girl because they walk in and Barney sees that his old uniform is is on the the desk. Very polite, I guess. Ernest T was trying out the Mayberry jail return policy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this...
2: just 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 to quickly reiterate, so they had a dangerous madman on the on the loose who was like terrorizing people, and their solution with that was to. Uh, make it easier for him to impersonate an officer, so that's kind of how they resolved that. Uh, the,
0: their 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 real counterterrorism plan was give the terrorist everything he wants.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it it seemed to solve the problem for a so he's he's in the jail and basically he says like oh yeah the the uniform didn't work I thought it was would make women plunk down in front of me uh, just beg for a date at my feet but still nobody wants to talk to me or be courted by me. He he specifically tells the story of he tried to court a girl named Hoggett and he wrote a love note, tied it to a rock, threw it through her window and hit her in the head, making her get six stitches. And then they just kind of go, they just kind of blow past that.
0: Hang on a second. I want to play a game here. Dear Dr. (laughs) Nerdlove. (laughs) Yeah. Harris, I'm going to put you on the spot here. This is why we brought you on the show. Uh, because this is, I mean, in the most probably demeaning and insulting terms possible, what you do. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Dear Dr. Nerdlove, Love, I always thought that uh, having that women love a man in uniform. But when I put one on and used all of my tricks, it didn't work. I did my best to get the attention of Hoggett. Uh, I tried, ev- I threw everything I could at her, <laughs> even wearing my finest uniform, to no avail. How can you help me? Signed, let's say,
2: made up in Mayberry. P.S. She's bleeding a lot from the head right now, so time <laughs> is a factor.
0: Yeah, P.S. S- <laughs> P.S. P.P.S., Are you an actual doctor? And
1: if so, how do I test for a concussion? (laughs) Uh, Dear made up in Mayberry, the problem is that the uniform isn't what does it. It's with a person wearing it. While the uniform is a attractive wrapping, eventually the wrapping's got to come off, and people have to like what's underneath. And it sounds to me like you have been trying to get the appearance without the substance and if you really want someone to like you then i would strongly suggest working on that aspect of your
2: personality well wow, you can just spin those off the dome huh i jesus you had that I, in I'm the impressed. chamber we didn't we didn't edit out any time for you to think of that that just like came out
1: i've been doing this for a while <laughs> All right,
0: I, I'm 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 gonna do a few more of those throughout the episode. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, this episode has so many moments of just wow! You're not gonna, you're just gonna ignore that, that someone did that. Okay, yeah, right, right. So
0: to be clear, this man just com- just confessed <laughs> to two officers of the law that he assaulted a woman and made her bleed, and their response is. Okay, but what?
2: Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. What? What's your deal? I don't understand why you're making that our problem. Sound like the whole thing kind of resolved itself.
1: It really does seem like that the way that they that they solve about half the crimes in Mayberry is just yeah, make them somebody else's problem so we yes. don't have to deal with this
2: <laughs> for sure. This is all hopping off in the woods, which doesn't exist to
0: He can't even claim jurisdiction, right? Cause he's Mayberry County Sheriff. So yeah. it's it's all his. Ernesty Bass is really under the uh, impression that all of his
2: charm and good looks didn't mean a thing. That and- is that is a like a an important part of this, is he at no point goes like, Well, there must be something wrong with me. He consistently says, I'm awesome. I'm the shit. There is absolutely nothing bad over here but i don't get it there's it's must be like a thing with other people i don't fucking know but i'm giving up so like no point entertaining the possibility of an issue
0: so and and at that point they should go cool bye like yeah. or hey stay exactly where you are thanks for doing our job for us instead andy says you know maybe you'd have a better luck if you didn't throw so many rocks maybe do a more Proper courtship. Why don't I go ahead and help you? You know, the the rain in Spain stays mainly on the plain, you know, as we all know.
2: I mean, the the uh, the idea of like helping the the crazy guy rather than just like throwing him in jail is. Good. That's, that's definitely like a something I I like is definitely applaudable. The execution leaves a lot to be desired, especially given the fact that this person is like, by the way, I am mid violent rampage. This is just kind of the pit stop between reigns of terror. And then there, then he's like, all right, we'll do it. A nice, chill, relaxed, my fair lady that I'm going to kind of half ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Barney is in the Colonel Pickering role here, saying, don't get involved. You can't do this. So (laughs) so they decide to get involved. So now we're at Andy's house. Andy has decided, let's go ahead and bring this man around my small child and elderly aunt. This seems like a great idea. They're at the dinner table because there's nothing that Andy Taylor cannot solve with some fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is just a little, it's a a shtick. Ernest freaks about there being too many rules. He he emphasizes this by Opie. Opie asks him to pass a roll so he throws a roll at him throws bread at this child they scold him for that then later andy says pass the potatoes and he picks up a potato and passes it and he says na, na, no 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 na. no 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 don't pass just one potato pass the whole thing meaning the plate so he picks up every potato at once and passes it and i'm like all right cool it's They're fine finished it. it's it's schtick. It's schtick. The schtick is fine.
2: He freaks it's out It's schtick, but this
1: is the point where I'm just sitting there thinking, how has this person grown to adulthood <laughs> and not been, like, murdered long before? Because this is someone who clearly he understands how society works because he's able, you know, he comes and goes as he pleases. He's, he's a, clearly able to interact with people to some level. He's dressed, he's, you know, not smearing feces on the wall, but also he has absolutely no concept of relating to other humans at all. And it's just somewhere along the line, something went very wrong for this man.
2: Yeah, he has been he- like living in the woods in, in isolation. To be fair, we do not know confidently that he is not smearing feces on the wall he could do be doing that basically anytime the camera pans away from him
0: we've never seen his living quarters
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah.
0: right>? like, <laughs> uh he even does say at one point in time that being a bachelor isn't so bad as long as you got plenty of squirrels and chipmunks to move in with you
2: so he does Just have animal that line friends. there and <laughs>
1: he's basically a Disney princess, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Put that, put that line down and back away from the speculation, sir. (laughs) We do not want to chase this thought to its logical conclusion.
2: Give Snow White meth. And you basically invented this character.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: maybe he wasn't raised by wolves, but he spent a good time in there. Like it's like, it's like I wasn't born in Philadelphia, but you know, I've been here long enough. I've, I've accustomed to the culture. It's him, but you know, with muskrats. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 trying to teach him basic table manners or basic like object permanence, really. <laughs>
2: uh, I feel like so this this kicks off basically their way of of teaching him manners and everything, which basically amounts to they teach him how to mimic behaviors rather than changing anything about how he like sees the world. Like the starting point of this whole process should be like Andy pointing at a whiteboard that just has the words other people are real on it <laughs> and just kind of like repeating those words. And that's like step 1. Because they're just be teaching him how to like repeat re- how to repeat phrases like a parrot rather than being like like it- just basically challenging anything about his worldview
1: and honestly this is one of those times where i'm just sitting there and i i originally got my start and got into learning how to be better with women through the pickup artist scene like as in like neil strauss the game mm-hmm. and the part that kind of stood out to me is he is sitting there repeating like how do you do miss merriweather and it's just like my god they gave him pre-scripted material and he just cannot deviate from it at all. They have literally given him like the Mayberry equivalent of, so who do you think lies more, men or women? And I was just, as soon as I realized that, I was just rolling on the floor over <laughs> this. It's, so,
0: it, it's not really training him to neg so much as he is just giving him stock phrases for basic uh, conversation it it really felt like like if i was going to go to a party in japan like mm. i would have a couple of things memorized that i would know how to say where is the bathroom how are you
2: marty son marty son domo. you know i feel like similar to a lot of pickup artist stuff they didn't give him a second thing to say Like,
1: yeah, they gave him a flow chart, but the flow chart has got exactly one object on it. If then afterwards, (laughs) there there is, there is a bit more
0: shtick where Barney tries to show him how to enter a room. I liked this bit a little bit where Andy says, Barney, show him how to enter a room. And Barney gives a, a series of questions, reasonable again, to an extent. And then he keeps going. He asks like, okay, what kind of event is this? How many people are there? Are there women? Are there anybody in the kitchen? And he you know, paints an entire scene. Barney Fife, thorough improver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked that bit. And so we do get, like, I'm not even going to call it a montage. It's one scene of Andy basically just, like, putting his hand on an Ernest jaw and just moving it up and down. How do you do, Mrs. Wiley? And just, like, getting him to muscle memory that. So that's pretty much the extent of their uh, My Fair Lady transformation. <laughs> <laughs> they did that. They, sh- they gave him a shave and they gave him an old suit. And that's about
1: it. They trained him. And in then the... they take him back to the scene where he just terrorized a whole bunch of people. They because let's re-traumatize folks, but yeah. not tell them what we're doing.
0: Well that's the plan. The plan is just like let's see let's see how well we can pass him off.
2: Let's take the criminal back to an active crime scene, but it's to prove a point. So it's cool. Like... Why is this woman having a social event again?
0: Yeah, why why is she she hasn't even re- you, you see that the window is still broken. She hasn't even replaced her window. At least like the Gotham the Gotham Gala is only once a year. Yeah. You know? There's only so many opportunities for Mr. Freeze to break in. We're going real heavy on the Batman
1: references this episode. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like deep into North Carolina and just in proper society, you'll never interrupt the social calendar. That takes takes precedence over everything else. And this, this is apparently the big event of the week in Mayberry from all the people who are just dancing at this house party. <laughs>
2: okay, so, I, off, of, off of that, I do want to ask a question. What the fuck is Miss Wiley's deal?
0: What <laughs> is this? Why we, We've never is, seen this character before.
2: Why we've, is all dating in this town happening in this one random old lady's living room? Why is she the tender of this town? Who is she? What is her interest in this? I- do,
0: you, do, you th- do you think it's like, you know, to matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match? I- I'm now mixing my musicals here. Uh, like, do, you, do you think that she's the town? Ta- no, that's not possible because that would require there to be Jews in Mayberry.
1: And yeah. there are none.
0: <laughs> um, They've been but very I- clear. But, but I mean, maybe like she seems to have the biggest house. Like she's the one, like well-off person we've seen in Mayberry in this. And she's house, got which... that
1: arist- She's got that aristocratic Southern accent, and not the like the small-town Southern accent that everybody else has.
0: Yeah, it's it's very weird. This this character comes out of nowhere. Apparently, there's a rich part of Mayberry in this house, which, by the way, we've seen this house before. It was the haunted house. It was also where Mayor Stoner lived. He used the same set, whatever. But uh,
2: it, it, it's it's not just like. It's not just, like, young people that are, like, coming to to meet people at this house. There's fact, a guy there, there no in, like, people. his fucking 50s. Like, I don't think
0: there are any young people there.
2: Like, there's, like, some people who, like, look... Like, the women look like they're in their 20s, I'd say.
0: Uh, as we pointed out, yeah, it, it's, it's all, like... May- Mayberry has nothing but 22-year-old women and 55-year-old men. Although, to be fair, all of the 22-year-old men are in Vietnam.
1: So... Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I mean, the whole thing does kind of have that, like, lost boys, you know, church, fundamentalist church of Latter day Saints, you know, living in a compound vibe with all of the young women and only one child in the entire town.
2: apparently apparently the vietnam war was a great time to be an old dirtbag it was it was really their heyday so the the plan is they're going to try to pass him
0: off at mrs wiley's see if see if mrs expose mrs wiley to the man who assaulted her home and see if she uh has a flashback or not
2: <laughs> if, let's if she ex- doesn't sue us we did it let's ex- <laughs> lot riding on this mrs wiley to the man that wrecked her home but hopefully she won't recognize him establishing that he could be anywhere at any time let's really just drive that home that she cannot trust anyone
1: i i think this ultimately comes down to like two very different motivations Andy is trying sincerely to help a man in crisis, even if he's not very good at it. Barney, on the other hand, I think, is trying to prove that trigger warnings are bullshit. As they get him ready for, as they get
0: ready to go to Mrs. Wiley's, uh, Barney does have a moment where Ernest T comes downstairs and he goes, oh, wow, I didn't even recognize you. Boy, I'd love to be a fly, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at uh, at Mrs. Wiley's. And Andy goes, well, why don't you go get changed and come with us? And Aunt Barney says, yeah, fuck it. I don't need to be doing my job or anything. <laughs> Mayberry like doesn't Eddie need police right real. now. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's not as though there haven't been bank robbers or gangsters who've hidden out in Mayberry and made the made people miserable. So, you know, this is the night when, you know, cr- all crime is legal, at least until the dance is over. <laughs>
2: I think they have an arranged in the town of Mayberry, which is like Saturday, Saturday through Friday or Saturday through Thursday. It's open season, but Friday people are trying to fuck. So just just cool Bar- it for a little bit.
0: Bar- Barney just went to the jailhouse and turned the sign from the doctor is in to the doctor is out. And they have a gentleman's agreement with all of the criminals of the county to, okay, cool. He flipped the sign. We'll come back later. It, it's only sporting. So they're back at uh, Mrs. Wiley's. We're really just kind of pushing through the, actually, hang on a second. I'm going to do another one of these. Do it. <laughs> Dear Dr. (laughs) Nerdlove, I have a social event coming up, and I feel out of place. I've been trying to learn the rules of this society. I've been trying to make a strong impression, but all I want to do is show off how great I am. How can I make a great impression and attract new potential lovers at a function where I am completely out of place? Signed, mannerless in
1: Mayberry. Dear Matterless and Mayberry, one of the keys to succeeding at a party is to make a strong first impression and to work from there. One of the quickest and easiest ways to ingratiate yourself to the partygoers when you don't know anyone is to introduce yourself to the host and then find some way that you might be able to contribute. If you can help do things that the host is otherwise occupied with and can take a little bit of the load off, that is immensely helpful and will get you noticed by other people because of your connection with the host of the party. And that connection will serve you in good standing as you go around and mix and mingle and you now have an instant question of, so how do you know the host? And then from there, you can use those people to get to know other folks, say, hey, you know what? I don't know anyone else who is here. Could you introduce me around? And from there, meet people who you would find attractive and compatible.
2: Yeah, fucking again. <laughs> I, just, just do just I'm ha- off the cuff. I'm having
0: a lot of fun doing these, but I don't ever i I have no follow through on
2: them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the problem is really the most accurate the most accurate version of what the question would be is like, "Dear Doctor Nerdlove, Love, the fuck's a party? Like, <laughs> 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 what is this? There's a bunch of people and they're like, they're spinning." And there's snacks? What is this? Uh, so, so, Answer quickly, because I'm about to get ejected from one. Well, it's kind of like a hoot
1: nanny, except if you're dealing with mattered society, you have a little bit more hoot, a little less nanny.
2: I thought it was the op- I thought it was- I thought it was less hoot. I don't know what the hoot and the nanny represent. So-
0: Well, your, your mother and I will tell you when you're older. <laughs> Harris you kind of got into it a little bit but I do want to ask like from from a professional perspective if you are attempting to let, let's go ahead and, and, and take this into a slightly more serious if you're trying to reform someone who is sh- showing signs of inceldom and violent tendencies for them what what has Andy and Barney done right if anything and what are they doing wrong in this?
1: I mean, the, the thing they're doing wrong is they're not addressing all of the rather drastic underlying issues that are going on here. Like, they're taking it as, I'm just looking for me to get a woman. it's like, Ernie, you don't just get a woman. The, you know, this is a relationship. you got to actually, you know, find someone you like and who likes you. It's like, okay, but how about Courtney? No, like, you need to work on this, like, whole thing that you got going on about, like, I just show up and beat him with a rock and then your girl meets your girl. And... The problem is they just go immediately for the. Well, his problem is he's got no manners and he's dressed like ass. So let's fix that. And the problem is fine. They're, they're trying to do a she, she's all that when a
0: like boy in the bubble situation is more appropriate.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: it's, so, it, 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 he's more like the kid from Room.
2: They because <laughs> his basic thing is he's like, well, I I pressed the I pressed the courtship buttons. I did the I I did the I I did the note. I did the the show and strength. I did say, "Please be my girlfriend," and they it didn't do it. What what like he doesn't understand anything than the like most basic rituals of how to make a person like you. And they're they're like not addressing any of that connective tissue between. And,
0: and actually, as Harris spoke and he mentioned like finding someone that you are compatible with and you don't just get a woman, I suddenly realized, oh. The problem is, as always, Mayberry. Because the problem is that even Mayberry's proper idea of relationships and dating is a little bit closer to the Ernest E. Bass side than we'd like to admit. Ernest E. Bass is not the only person we've seen come in from the mountains and just be like, I'm here to get
1: a woman. Uh, it, There's a dude at the party who's like that. It's just yeah. that he does it in a more polite way.
2: <laughs> yeah, he gets, basically the big turning point is he gets out cavemaned really. Yeah, there there there's
0: a dude who is more alpha than Ernest T at this party. And even even so like I I was listening to one of our older episodes today and even Andy has been has like no concept of just being like if I don't like a person, I don't have to date them. <laughs> we've we've seen Andy go on dates with people that he's just wildly incompatible with and then just be like, "Well, we we had one supper together. I guess we got to make this work." <laughs>
2: so, something that I've like, that I, we haven't like talked about is this is like kind of a freaky, uh, uh, an incredibly prophetic vision of incels. Like this is some absolutely ripped from our forever alone shit. Like <laughs> down in a perfect roadmap. Like the way he talks about being alone, the way he talks about women. His talking about like being a bachelor, going off to be a hermit in the woods.
1: Oh yeah, no, he's yeah.
0: just straight up migtos that he, shit. He does. He. Th- as always, I don't know if anyone's caught on to this, but the the premise of our show is that the Andy Griffith show is the root of all modern evil.
1: But, but- I mean, my God, he even has a moment where he gets pissed off because a Chad came and stole his <laughs> yes.
2: girl. It, it's some straight, like, he's going to go home after this and make a rage comic about it. Like, but yeah, the, he even has the thing of like... I women don't want to fuck me, so I'm gonna act out violently, like down to a fucking T. It's and it, it, it's it, like by the end, I was kind of like kind of a guess that I was like, wow, they saw this coming a mile away and were just like, and it'll work itself out. <laughs> like, don't worry about any of that shit like yeah just the prophetic nature of it kind of it's
1: just it's all good times just a little bit of rough house and just boys being boys yeah
0: yeah i i think it's it's really just the way that they pass it off as that the show treats it as like wacky hijinks nothing to be afraid
2: of i mean his problem is that like and this is pretty boilerplate but he doesn't see women as having like interior life or agency or anything like that but their solution isn't like well let's teach you that they're like yeah that's fine we're just gonna teach you how to press the buttons better and all that other shit we can just leave that in the rear view
1: i mean i gotta give them i gotta give the writers credit in that they're really consistent with ernest in that he is the sort of person where if you don't spell everything out word by word letter by letter of what you want you want him to do because, you know, you would assume that someone who has been living in a society for this long could understand that you don't necessarily need to, like, to, to give explicit in- instructions for every single thing. He's just going to do exactly what you told him and then get very confused because it never occurred to him that there are, like, steps involved that we just mm-hmm. all assume that we all, that we all grasp. So he says, you know, well, like, you know, I wrote her a note and I tied it to a rock and sent it, sent it through the window and I showed her how strong it was and I just don't get it. It's like... Yeah, because you you did the cargo cult version of all of this without understanding the reason behind any of it. Yeah, you just literally did what someone told you to do, and they they continue that with the fact that he literally has nothing else to say other than just like, "Hi, how are you?" Yeah. So so basically, uh,
0: the real problem is that when he goes with Andy and Barney, they basically just subscribe him to a different subreddit that he was reading. Before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it Again, as you mentioned, it doesn't solve the problem. Let's let's get to the party. So the idea is that they're going to pass Ernest off as Andy's cousin Oliver from Raleigh. Immediately, immediately, Mrs. Wiley is just like, oh, well, I'm going to take Oliver and get acquainted with him, and I'm going to pull him all over to myself, which then kind of made me wonder, what kind of party is this? What, what? Again, what's your deal, Mrs.
1: Wiley? And then I thought,
0: is Mrs. Wiley a madam? Hmm. I I just
1: wonder, is it possible to have a key party in a town where most people don't have cars?
2: (laughs) I I just kind of assume that the unspoken thing is if you meet someone at Mrs. Wiley's party, she gets to watch. Yeah, I mean,
1: the part you didn't see is at the beginning when when, uh, Andy knocks on the door and the password is Fidelio. (laughs) As soon as they
0: leave, Mrs. Wiley goes,
2: okay, everyone,
0: masks on!
2: (laughs) Masks on, bottoms off. (laughs) We all have
0: places to be. And remember, the safe word is Barney Fife. So, but but Mrs. Wiley steals him away. She pulls him over and uh, he does the thing where he can only repeat, How are you, Mrs. Wiley? I'm doing it in, in a weird voice, but it's going to become, a, No coffee, tea, or juice, please. Just repeating his things. And Mrs. Wiley goes, Something screwy is happening here. Meanwhile, on the other side of the room, Andy's having a conversation with a lady who's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. like That's really it. She's just like, they, they try to parallel it. Like, all she can talk about is the weather. And I thought that they were leading up to like, oh, well, we've been training uh, Olivia to work in society. She only knows a few phrases, too. That's what I thought they were getting into. Doesn't get it with that. Barney shows up. They're very impressed by Ernest. By the way, Barney kind of shows up and he's just like, damn. Everyone here is ugly. Yes.
2: <laughs> That's my contribution to this is specifically all the women here are ugly. Peace. That's an episode wrap on Barney.
0: Bar- Barney shows up and is just like, you know, I sex symbol Don Knotts declare that none of the women in this room are up to my standards.
1: And I just love the way that he phrases it too. It's like, if you flew a quail through this room, every woman in here would point. <laughs> like, we've... that is the most southern fried thing I have ever heard in my life. And I live it's, in Texas. It, it's,
0: it's not the best fucking burn we've ever heard on the show. The best burn of the show we've ever heard is if they threw a beauty contest in this town, no one would win. <laughs> Pull on your collar. <laughs>
2: Very no uh, respect, no respect field.
0: at all. So Mrs. Wiley grabs Andy, and he thinks the jig is up, right? Like, do you really think you could fool me? That man is not from Raleigh, and, and Andy's like about to be like, ah, shit, the jig's up. He's clearly from Boston, which such a good fucking dig at people from Boston. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just
0: absolute slam on you, you fucking mass hole.
2: Yeah. <laughs> which. Our accent is a thousand times shittier than that to the point of honestly being a little insulting of like, you wish that you could achieve the horror we are capable of by just speaking through your nose. It requires a lot more just destruction of your vocal cords. I just, I just
1: like that that she has convinced herself that like mountain hillbilly is actually Boston Brahmin. It's just, it's not just from Boston. It's back Bay, Boston. It's just, Oh yes, no, this man is clearly upper class.
2: Okay. What was he talking about like how hard it is to parallel park his car? Like what did he (laughs) possibly say that made her think that? No one here knows how to cook any
0: lobster. (laughs) And it was
2: (laughs) Your car's not gonna fit in there.
0: It it just it just became the Chowda scene from The Simpsons.
2: Yeah. So they they
0: go, way to go, Ernest, you're pulling it off. Why don't you go ahead and ask that weird girl to dance? You know, she's barely socially functioning either. That'll that'll help you out. Oh. And they ha- they have this scene where like they're dancing together and they dance
1: out onto the porch, which weird vibe but you know good move whatever it's, it's it i mean i gotta give i gotta give the man some credit he's got uh, some smoothness when he wants it yeah i, I you know a, i would pull that move you know?
0: although um,
2: if i was andy inside the inside the place and i saw ernest dance a woman out the front door i'd be like oh shit oh shit like <laughs>
1: we gotta granted go. yeah it's like okay <laughs> uh, we need
2: to
0: keep an eye on this guy because do do not let do not let him get to a secondary
2: location <laughs> yes. do not let him get to a secondary location. <laughs> But no, just, they uh, He should they, just be yelling, take the shot!
0: <laughs> <laughs> they they go outside and they have this I don't know if I want to call it cute. They have they have an okay moment out on the porch where Ramona, who has been like really trying to make polite conversation, is just like, I hope it does not rain. And finally, Ernesty Bass drops the pretense. It, this is the moment of the romantic comedy where you drop the pretense. It's been revealed that you are not, that you are not the prince or whatever and you have to be who you actually pretended to be. And this is that you know that moment of the of the romantic movie, but it's just that the person you are is actually awful. Yes. <laughs> but but so Ernest goes like, "Do we have to talk about the weather?" Ramona says, "What do you want to talk about?" And Ernest's response is, "Me."
2: Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about me. Now, uh, Harris, in your in your opinion, is that a winning move? Is that something that you would strongly advise people to do is to loudly uh, <laughs> announce that it's time to talk about you? No, no,
1: actually. And in all seriousness, I usually tell people it's literally the opposite because we're so used to dealing with folks who are not talking or listening so much as waiting for their turn. And just Ernest lives that it's just nope. I'm a fascinating human being. You got to get to know me. Um, let me let me show you how I pick up a woman. And literally just picks her up and like starts walking around with her. And you know you know what she's into it. He got real lucky with this one
2: apparently. <laughs> I, this prompts my my first of many. What's the fucking lesson here? Because <laughs> their their whole thing is like well we need to teach him how to reform his behavior. And then this, the show just goes, No, you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, w- there, it, th- like, what's the fucking lesson I'm supposed to learn f- about anything from this? Which, that question gets uh, louder and louder as we keep going. Uh, I will say this, like,
0: you know, first meeting, you can't just loudly announce that it's time to talk about me. But later in the relationship, that does come in handy. Like, if you are, say, my fiancé, and you're with someone like me, who is, and sometimes you have to say, Hey, honey, you've been talking about how angry you are about this Spider-Man trailer for 45 minutes. It's time to talk about me now. Like <laughs> Sometimes that's just setting like, conversational boundaries.
2: Really? I, I love is being able to say, I'm bored, I want to talk about a thing I saw on Twitter that's that's <laughs> trust and commitment
1: it really is especially depending on which, what people you're following on twitter at one point
0: in time like to demonstrate how strong he is and to be honest i see dudes use this move all the time like i'm super strong i could pick you up right now and then he does and he just kind of lifts her up like a couple of feet off the ground it's not that impressive he has a fun liner where he says like i once held a goat like this or. So vet could give him a shot which just prompts so many more questions like what are you a goat farmer did you work for a veterinarian how did this uh, come about you you know enough about society to know what a veterinarian is you know enough about society to know what the military is what is your deal
2: why are you throwing potatoes at people that makes it all the more weird
1: Uh, he's clearly literate. He can read. He understands concepts. Like, you know, he's heard someone say at some point, women love a man in uniform, but he also like, doesn't know what to do with paper napkins or, you know, running his hands all over the watermelon, I guess that we're at the party.
2: Yeah. I feel like if you if you read like the like comic book prologue of this character, it would be that he was a perfectly normal human being, and then he was like kicked in the head by a horse, and just like fifty percent of everything he had going on is gone.
0: He tried to lift the horse. Yeah. <laughs> he was like he he was just like give me a farm animal, goat I can lift that, pig fine. He was just
1: trying to lift bigger and bigger animals, and one and. He flew too close to the sun. Yeah. I mean, maybe this was just, like, his tragic backstory. Maybe he was, like, training to be a veterinarian's assistant or something, and then just, oops, kicked in the head by one of the patients. And you know what? Just, boy, never been right since.
2: Oh, and, like, for his, like, master's thesis, he was like, and I propose that you can pick up a horse. And it was just <laughs> this tragic thing that happened in front of the entire class. This and... is
0: this is much better than my theory, which is that he is an interdimensional being, who was sent to, to, to like study humans on this earth but lost some functions in a horrible accident in his world so I, I,
1: mean, that's... I just the fact that he's able to not only appear in the in the cell and lock it but also apparently was able to drag the TV and decorate the cell before, oh, without no, anybody was... noticing
0: oh no Harris what? that was there before
1: oh that was okay because I was oh, about was... to say like, at some point he just found this jade mask that was just oh. kind of half buried in the, in the dirt <laughs> and put it on one day <laughs>
2: Or, like, he, like, escaped from hell. Like, he like, just one day, the earth opened up. He crawled out of it, like, in Raising, Arizona, and was like, well, I exist now. And then just walked off towards Mayberry. So
1: the great kazoo from hell. Yeah. yeah. Hello, dum-dums.
2: Uh, but,
0: yeah, Harris,
2: I'm glad you picked
1: up
0: on that. But, no, the, the jail cells in Mayberry are really more like dorm rooms. So, they're... <laughs> They are, they are decorated for just, like, people to chill out in.
1: Which, you know, I, I
0: don't hate that. So they, they go back inside, and Ernest is... They, they start this very weird, like, tag-in, tag-out kind of dancing, where, like, I guess you're dancing with a partner, and anytime you want, you can probably... You can just tap someone on the shoulder and cut in. And it's just kind of, like, based on the honor system. Really feel like this is a time when you need to institute a no-tag-backsies rule. But, you know... Um, yeah,
2: maybe clarify those rules a little bit.
0: Because, like, you, Ernest will take everything very literally. Ernest, get, Ernest is very confused at this, so he's dancing with Ramona. Uh, a big dude comes and tags tags him, and Ernest does what he's supposed to do. He steps away and lets this man have his turn, but he's like pissy about it. He's like, "What do I do
2: now?" He he goes over to Andy, and Andy just goes. Well, what you should do is escalate. Tap him on the shoulder harder and more (laughs) aggressively. And he just, like, goes back over and he just starts, like, slapping the guy's shoulder. And the guy just gives him, like, dismissive side-eye and keeps dancing. Which, what happens next is kind of on the guy because a terrifying little goblin man is slapping your shoulder in visible distress. Maybe, like... Maybe see how this is going to play out. It's not good.
1: To be fair, he was told that the rules are you tap someone on the shoulder, you say I'm cutting in, or may I cut in, and then they're supposed to leave. And this guy doesn't. So Uh, he uh, does kind of bring this on himself. According
0: to a commenter on the ultra-reliable Mayberry (laughs) Wiki, an anonymous commenter points out, Ernest T was a gentleman it was the jerk who wouldn't uh, adhere to the rules of the tag dance who caused the problems.
2: I mean, and no one told him, like, hey, just chill for a sec. Yeah, just, just wait. Wait till the end of this song.
0: Like, yeah. this, that's really how this could have been. Also, again, no tag backsies. Yeah. Like, that's that's just... Uh, uh, <laughs> we live in a society <laughs> where it's
1: understood that there are no tag backsies. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. How have you gone this long without knowing this? (laughs) And I love that Andy's, Andy's advice to him isn't, look, you were, you and Ramona were clearly vibing. She'll probably come back to you. This is just a dance. No, it's like, no, you get in there. You get in there and make it clear that she's dancing with you now. What happens next is on you, sir. This is a beast of your own making. (laughs)
2: Like. She just say like she's not going to leave you for that like 65-year-old man. You're safe. Like, just chill for a sec, go date with someone else, have some punch. Instead he's like, no, gun it. Put a brick on that on that accelerator. Let's fucking go. He- Dear Dr. Nerdlove. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought things were going well. But then so another party stepped in. And has made themselves known in my in my relationship in my short term relationship. How can I address this? I have made numerous attempts to catch the attention of this gentleman and insert myself back into the relation uh, into the dance. How should I go about uh, placing myself back in my beloved's center of attention? Signed, Cucked in Carolina. <laughs>
2: P.S. I'm already holding the vase.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dear cocked. the thing to remember is that the dance floor is has its own rules. And at social dancing, like Swing or Foxtrot, it's assumed that you're going to dance with many people, not just the person that you came to the dance with. What you need to do is trust in your connection with the woman who you've had such a good time with and that she is going to come back to you rather than worrying and getting caught up in the fear that someone is going to steal her out from under you. As the saying goes, if you love something, let it set it free. If it returns, they love you too. If not, it was not meant to be. What you don't want to do is start a scene on the dance floor that doesn't work for anyone and only makes you look like the asshole. (laughs) Good, Good advice, good advice, good
0: advice. I hear you. But the vase, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't picked figured picked up on it yet, Ernesty hits this dude with a fucking
2: vase. <laughs> just sneaks up behind him and just drops him. <laughs> and the old man goes down hard. Yeah, he he's not like oh boy, like he he doesn't like do like a cartoonish little faint. He's just immediately on the fucking ground. Yeah. To be honest, this guy might be dead. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. This was some. This
1: was the part where I was like. This is almost shockingly violent for for frickin' Mayberry. And because immediately after that, as everyone is running around screaming like you do when a person just suddenly brains another dude at your party, like Andy and Barney are just wrestling him out the door. And it's not even a, come on, we're going to get you out of here. It's like, no, he is struggling. It is like they are trying to haul a wildcat out. Well, yes, they are arresting a man who just committed assault.
2: It it turns from like a fun goofy conflict to an extremely real conflict like it is exactly what would happen if a guy hit a guy with another hit another guy with a vase like the way is he's so wrestled...
1: totally out of place too it's like you're watching like looney tunes and bugs hits elmer with this like comically oversized mallet except now Elmer's just laying there and not moving and like just they're all sitting there waiting for the story to continue and he's just kind of like bleeding out the ears and just What what
2: the hell just happened? What what show did this turn into? It's like if you were watching an episode of Looney Tunes and then suddenly halfway through it, it just turned into an episode of Cops, where it just like they roll up and they're like hauling Bugs Bunny out of here with just like, You I know my fucking rights, you can't do this to me.
0: That actually does happen in Shrek 2. Lola's behind
2: him. He's a good man. You leave him alone. He's a good man. <laughs> I'm going to call the lawyer. You hold tight. Fucking, so. Um, they... Don't talk to the cops, doc. <laughs> <laughs> your first call is to your lawyer, not your mom. Uh, so they drag him out and they start basically dressing him down about like, basically just are calling him a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, call him a what?
0: Barney says, you're a wild creature. We should never have started this. In in the most, like, Joker voice possible, Ernest screeches, who are you calling a creature? He wouldn't give me back my chosen woman! And a direct line. Direct yes, quote. Yes, would it not, is. Would not give me back my chosen woman.
2: The, the but, conversation... but you want to know how I got these
0: scars? <laughs> yeah, it's...
2: The conversation is... Dude, you're never going to get a girl the way you're behaving and not... You just hit that guy with a fucking face! What did you do, man? I gotta arrest you now! That was assault! That guy looked super dead! <laughs> Fuck! This got so out of hand! Damn, if only
1: one of the two cops in town was still in uniform with handcuffs! Yeah! Shit! Shit! Now, if maybe what someone would call an ambulance so this guy doesn't
2: die on this woman's porch. I, as they're like, the whole thing is resolved and they're like walking away, they're like, do you think that guy's bleeding out? I don't know, Barney. I
0: don't know. <laughs> so yeah, this is like, instead of like bringing him in, they just kind of like drag him away. And Ernest, again, having possibly killed a man is just like, aw, I have tried so hard and I got so far. But in the end, it just didn't matter. <laughs> so he's going, oh, I'm sad about this, essentially. And the Ramona runs up and is just like, hey, where are you going? I really liked the way you killed that man.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the two of them just start playing Leapfrog with a stump. Yeah. Yeah. They So they, they, they run off and just do like a... Dance like no one is watching. Jump on someone's <laughs> porch like the cops are not on their way. <laughs> Fucking. So, here's the second, like, what the fuck is the moral here? Because from what I'm sit- seeing, it's like, listen, trying to improve yourself is fine. But what you really should do is find someone with a compatible mental illness and just go and, everyth- and be the worst version of yourself. And, and this- things will just kind of sort themselves out
1: and this leads to for like the last thing about the about the show of this particular episode that's just like the darkest shit when you start to think about for a second is afterwards andy and barney are just sitting in the prison having let a guy who committed assault go with some woman in town and they're just talking about like wow it's crazy that like turns out Ramona's kind of into him and Andy just points out that she's the granddaughter of rotten Ray Ancrum at which point Barney's like oh well that explains it it's all the breed blood yeah, will uh, what tell shit is this yeah yeah it, 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 uh, I'm,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify what you just said for the listeners yeah that's the stinger of this episode is that they find. Andy points out that Ramona's great-great grandfather or somebody was a well-off man but he was also a complete psychopath who came down from the woods burned down, burned down the town and it worked really well because he was in the charcoal industry yeah so he sold he burned the town down and sold it for charcoal and made a lot of money that way so to to answer Barney's question of how did how did he get her the answer
2: was. Eugenics! Yeah! He specifically says, blood will tell, it comes out in the breeding, which, Jesus Christ, that's the worst way to approach it. As we all know,
0: women, all women want to marry a man exactly like their murderous grandfather.
2: Yeah, so yeah, the, the big resolution is like, okay, she also has like schizophrenia or something. and <laughs> And they're connecting over that. Like I'm launching the break the the Andy Griffiths show dating app where you just go in and you enter the medications that you're not taking and it matches you based <laughs> off of that. I'm gonna make a million dollars. And Fucking that's like it. The, that, that's I, the episode. I
1: I'm like, I, I, I'm picturing that app and now I'm just seeing Barty on there. Just talking about someone who's got ADHD, just being like, "Yeah, her brain's just like a like a coon dog that's got a whole bunch of raccoons in five different trees and can't decide which one to want to go with."
2: <laughs> the, he's using the phrenology section of the app.
0: <laughs> we we have seen that dude basically bust out the calcipers at one point. Like,
2: uh, he so uses, that's like, it.
0: That that's the episode.
1: No moral, I guess. (laughs) The moral apparently is violence works. (laughs) Don't try to change someone. And don't, for the love of God, don't bother trying to invest in any sort of like mental health, health aid for people who clearly need it or the poverty that's exacerbating their condition. Just get them out of your town and the problem is solved.
2: It's really like, like, if you're having trouble with dating and people aren't responding to your personality, double down. Do the thing you're doing harder. Press the gas. Get in there. If anything, escalate violently.
1: And I wish that find- you were. I I know that you're joking, but I wish that that what didn't describe so much of what I see on a daily basis. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, alright,
0: so, so so, Harris, this is the reason we brought you on, how close to home did this hit for you? This hit
1: kinda close to home, because I'm just sitting there like, Ernest is an incel. Ernest mm-hmm. is like a proto-incel. Literally everything that he's doing, he's got a chosen woman! It's like, okay, what did the Chad do to you this time? And he reacts by trying to murder the Chad! <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally, I can't have what I want, so I'm gonna make sure everybody else feels my pain. Yeah, it's so freaky. Fuck, the, like this the is ch- like for a, for a feel good show about like a guy who's you know he's the law enforcement, but his way of enforcing the laws through kindness and understanding. Okay, that's great, but this
2: guy's <laughs> so goddamn dark. I mean, <laughs> you said the phrase "He took my chosen woman," which is some shit I would see on Reddit today, like one hundred percent. Uh, fucking horrible
0: <laughs> so so I ask the question that I ask every single guest Harris are you likely to watch another episode of the Andy Griffith show
1: you know honestly I there is some perverse satisfaction to watching some of this and seeing how it's aged because sometimes it's like wow I know this came from another period in time and we didn't think about these things back then but holy god
0: yeah Maybe we should have thought about this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you will you, be asked to do at least one more.
2: I, uh, <laughs> watching like watching this episode in particular is like is like seeing uh, seeing a tumor get like a brain tumor get diagnosed and then they're just like and we're going to put a band-aid on that and let that fester for a good long while.
0: And now 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 Harris, I want you to think about this. People watch this as children and internalize yes. this a lot of people because there was nothing else to watch because there were only three channels. This was internalized by a generation. <laughs> and oh, does
1: it show. <laughs>
2: yeah. All
0: right, ratings. Ratings, Harris, we, uh, we we rate these on two scales. First is the Andy meter, which is just as a piece of television, as a half hour of TV, how entertaining, how much did we actually like this? The second is the Barney meter, which is how much damage did this do to us as a society so uh scale of one to ten we're gonna start with the andy meter just as a piece of
1: entertaining television how did you find this one the lowest ten being the highest if as pure entertainment taking away all of the analysis out of it I would have to give it a five it is not the worst it is not the best it is perfectly competent episode of you know sitcom TV for the era yeah I honestly
0: would give it like a, a five I'm gonna say four and a half like
2: the stick the in it all like the earnest heat bass back and forths. they're like reasonably entertaining nothing in it made me cringe i didn't like laugh out loud at anything
0: wait no i'm i'm deducting a point i'm deducting a point because they they make the joke like boy if you if you know if you wrote this into a play no one would believe it like clearly referencing that they're doing a pygmalion doing a, a my fair lady and that's fine but they love that gag so much that they do it again. It becomes a recurring gag, and I hated it so much. I'm deducting a point just for that. Just for they that, did like, want to make sure that you touched.
1: didn't miss the knowing
2: reference.
0: Yeah, I I, I hated that shit. So it's a three point five for me. Barney, it, Dan, you didn't give a number. Do you care to give a number?
2: Uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at a five, and and I just want to add the one thing: the vase hit is great. <laughs> <laughs> moral moral repugnancy aside, it's a really good bit of physical comedy. He hits him hard, and like it's like in a grim way, very satisfying. <laughs> All
0: right, so Barney Meter, how much damage do we think this did to a generation to society, Harris? We'll oh, on this 10. was
1: unquestionably a 9.5 like <laughs> the only way that this could have possibly have gotten worse is if that if they didn't even have the whole like well that was weird at the end and at least acknowledging that like the, the way that he was acting was uncouth um, <laughs> but they resolved it with eugenics yeah <laughs> <That's the laughs> that, that was what if they, they attributed it to if they had gone on to be like well you know what we just can't let him breed or just like, you know, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a wild child. But, you know, I think he was really onto to some had that just that animal instinct that worked for him. And then then that would be a full on 10. But this was a, like the amount of just inceldom is funny and vi- like assaulting people is funny and traumatizing folks for, you know, to prove a point. Why not? I think, yeah, that that did some real harm to folks.
2: Yeah, I would put it at, like, I, I think, like, a, a seven initially. And then at the last second, that buzzer-beater eugenics really just put it over the top into a nine. Like, I mean, it, it it does prove Barney right. At the very beginning, Barney's
0: like, yeah, this guy's too far gone. He's an animal. Like, he comes really close saying, we might as well just put him down. And at the very end, he's just like... Yeah, it looks like he's, like he's he's never proven wrong.
2: Uh, he's just find someone who's into that. Yeah, no, every every base incel instinct or decision is validated so fucking hard.
0: So, yeah, I, Dan, I, I cut you off before you gave a number.
2: Oh, I'm going to say it's a nine.
0: Yeah, I'm putting it at a nine, too, just because we've seen worse.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's, our our scale is all fucked up. It's it's been a bad couple of episodes. We've seen some real. We've seen some shit. This this
0: season in particular has been breaking the meter like crazy.
2: Yeah. Uh, so
0: that is it, Harris. Thanks for for coming on the show. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can
1: find your stuff and what you're up to? Sure, you can you can find my work at drnerdlove.com. That's all one word, D-O-C-T-O-R, nerd love. You can find me on Twitter at, at drnerdlove, also Instagram and YouTube. I've got a podcast on iTunes. It's been a while because it's on hiatus just because 2020 broke me. Yeah. So it will be coming back eventually. So, you know, feel free to subscribe to it and there will be updates eventually. It's just taken a bit. Otherwise, yeah, you can find me if you search drnerdlove on the socials. That's where you'll find me.
0: You can also buy his book and give him money. That's also a possibility. Thanks for hanging out with us as always on the internet. You can get at us. We are at break Mayberry on Twitter. I am at Schneid remarks. That's S C H N E I D remarks. We are breaking Mayberry on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon.com slash BreakingMayberry If you want to get that good, good bonus content And extended editions Uh, All the jokes and bits that I'm going to cut out of this episode They're all there They're there in the extended editions on Patreon Other than that, Paris, thanks for coming on We're going to have you on again sometime soon That brings us to another close of Breaking Mayberry We'll see you all down at the fishing hole Aboo (laughs) Pump, <laughs>